You know what? You are the only person you are guaranteed to spend the rest of your life with. So, we want you to feel at home with yourself. To have an understanding of what being human truly means. And to be a witness to the things that are happening within you. We're here for the good. The bad. And the downright ugly. <laughs> so, come on this journey. And be messy with us. You are listening to The Real Meaning of Humanity with Alexis. That's my name. And you're Krista. Yeah, that's me. The episode that everyone's been waiting for. Dun, dun, dun. And we're ending this series. And then my birthday's coming up. Woohoo! Woohoo! So it's like a little celebration after yeah. the release. Oh my gosh, yes! Mm-hmm. I'm so excited. I'm going to be 26, closer to 30. Holla. Mm-hmm. Holla. Holla. That's weird to Holla. say. It is 26. But you're 26, so you get there before me. I am. I am older. Yep, so my birthday in a few days, if anybody wants to know. Specifically on Wednesday, <laughs> December 8th. Thank you for remembering my birthday, you're Krista. Welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> it's hard for her to remember birthdays. Only because hers and Jen's, like, one's the 8th, one's the ninth, so, like, it's hard to remember. You know? So close. Yeah, it's fine. And then we're going to be going out of town. Yeesh. And it's going to be so much fun. Oh. Yes, but it's going to be so freaking fun. Girl, celebration time. Come on. No. Mm-mm. No? No, it's celebrate good times. Come on. It's not celebration time. Oh, my God. I've been singing it. Celebration time. Come on. I'm not even surprised, to be honest. <laughs> Okay, but before we start, Mm -hmm. I have an email to share with the lovely Kelly. Shout out, Kelly. Um, She, we do have on our website where you can email us your story and things that you have been through because we want to connect with you and we want to build a community through this platform and to, for women or men, anybody who has been through hurt, anybody who's going through pain and who has felt, who has felt so alone in it. And so basically anybody, because I'm sure every single person who's listening (laughs) has felt pain at some point (laughs) in their life. Exactly. So, um, so she reached out to us and she shared a little bit of her story because we did get a lot of, um, response from the last episode about church. And I mean, that's so real and I'm so glad people can resonate and apply, you know, our story, my story to their lives. Mm -hmm. So that was really cool. But I, um, I got permission from her to share a little bit of her story and I'm going to share it through her email and then, um, Obviously, I'll, I won't mention names, but yeah, I'm going to read out her story. Okay. <sighs> this is Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to mention any names, but this is Kelly. We already said her name. <laughs> right. Well, she gave me permission to mention her name. Gotcha. Yes. Okay. But not I'm mention not... the names in this email. Like, let's... Mm-hmm. 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 Yes. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Our family left the church in late 2019. I felt many of the things you did. Promises were made to me that were never kept. I felt like I wasn't seen when I stepped down from ministry in 2018 to let God do a work in me and prepare me for what was ahead. I felt judged. People would say, we miss you. Where have you been? And I had literally been there every weekend, just not all five services like in the past. 
People who had been a part of my life for six years and had seen all my ups and downs, people who said they were my friends, suddenly stopped interacting with me. When my mom was in the hospital on her deathbed, I reached out to my quote-unquote friends and asked them for prayer. All I got was a prayer emoji back. No one came to the hospital. No one came to visit us. No one called to check on me. It was then that I realized that friendships with them were conditional. Mm conditional on me working there when my mom died still no one reached out to me i felt so alone and i was so hurt that i put all my energy into these relationships that meant nothing to the other people i still continued to go there even through the hurt we finally made the decision to leave when i learned that a girl i had worked with for years had been treated so poorly when she revealed that a male worker in the church had sexually assaulted her she was made to be the bad guy because she didn't say no. Nothing was done to him, but she was forced to step down from ministry. Wow. I no longer felt safe attending with my daughters. I could not take the chance that something would happen to them and them not being believed when they spoke up. God is an awesome God, and I do not blame him. People are flawed and make mistakes, but there is no excuse for pastors to passing judgment for the sake of the church. Where is the love of Christ? I have honestly changed my worldview and I have stepped back on judging based on what I learned in the church. And I fall back on Matthew twenty-two thirty-six through 39. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. I now choose to love people and not get caught up in the judging people. My heart hurts for young girls who have to go through this. I am 50 years old. I am older, wiser, and stronger for the things I have gone through. Now when I go through them, I look for the positive and what God will do in me and through me because of this experience. But when I was in my 20s, I was a mess. I thought I did something wrong or that there was something wrong with me. I wish there were more Older women who could come alongside these young girls and encourage them. Let them know they didn't do anything wrong and that God loves them. Thank you again for your podcast. Izzy and I have been listening to it together and it has caused us to have some great conversations. She will be 16 in December. I'm about to cry. (laughs) She is strong. She is a strong personality and usually doesn't take crap from anyone. But she has been hurt by the church, too. Hearing your story gives her confidence to talk about what she went through. Love you. Um, Keep the podcast going. And she just went into more encouragement through us. But Mm. honestly, I remember Kelly and Izzy because I used to work with them at the church. And I remember Kelly. I remember your daughter always coming in. And I would be like, Izzy! because her daughter is so cute so i just want to say thank you so much for that email thank you so much for giving us permission to mention that and like you just 
validated why I am sharing my story. Like the fact that you're having like my story is allowing like mothers and daughters to have conversations to apply my life to theirs or to where it could go. And the fact that just people in general are getting aware and having conversations. This is what this is about. This is why we created this platform, why we wanted to do this podcast. So people would get more aware. We would have more conversations and be real and truth and, you know, just like all the things. Yes. Like, <laughs> exactly. It was, it was just so encouraging. And Kelly, we love you. We hear yeah. you. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you. For yes. so much support. I just want you to picture me hugging you and giving you this big, big hug. Yeah. She's literally doing it right now. Yes. So. <laughs> <laughs> and Izzy, I'm hugging you and giving you this big, big hug. And I love you. I love you so much. <laughs> but no, seriously, that's why we created this is because I feel like we are saying things or we have conversations like that's what our that's what you've said our friendship is about basically having conversations and saying things that other people are too afraid to say or maybe mm-hmm. they don't want to say mm-hmm. right and so by us vocalizing this and like essentially saying like it's okay to talk about it yes it is okay to share your pain, to share your hurt. You don't have to be perfect all the time, right? You don't have to hide. Like that wasn't the point of living on this earth. That wasn't the point of church. It really wasn't the heart. Like, but we have turned it, the world has turned it into that. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, you mess up, hide it. Yeah. And like, I think that's the point. Like when I was reading that about her friend, like I, it brought tears to my eyes when I read it the first time. And then when, um, Kelly said that verse, like, love your neighbor as yourself. You can't love your neighbor, guys, if you don't love Love yourself. yourself. (laughs) You have to love yourself so you can give out what you're giving in to yourself. Yeah. And that's, that's just one thing that I feel like we've learned about. And especially for me personally, like, I feel like so many people, when they are alone, just with them, like, it's so dark and lonely because they don't love themselves. They don't know themselves. Yeah. And so how the hell can you show other people love if you don't even know how to show yourself love? Exactly. That's what's the, that's what's wrong with this. Yeah. And then like when she mentioned that story about her friend and I was thinking about it today too, like you go back to the very beginning of time, Adam and Eve, the garden of Eden and how like it's been generational to hide when we mess up. Mm, When Adam and mm -hmm. Eve ate that apple, they They hid so quickly. And what did God do? He walked in the same as he always did. He called out their name the same as they always did. He stayed the same and humanity hid. He called out to them, not because he didn't know where they were, not because he didn't know that they were hiding. He called out to them wondering where they're at because he couldn't feel them. The disconnect was had been mm. broken because they sinned and because they chose to hide after they sinned. Yeah. And that's the point of Christianity. That's the point of humanity. Jesus didn't want us to hide. Yeah. He wanted us to be seen in our mess. So love and compassion could come in, not shame, not burden, not loneliness, not isolation, mm-hmm. not silence. But for love and compassion to come in and seep to the deepest parts of us and transform us, that was the point. You're that right. is the point. Exactly. But we've been conditioned to believe uh, believe otherwise. Exactly. Oh, <sighs> That was a good, I mean, but that was like a, 
I love that she decided to share her story, though, because I feel like yes. that was like, ah, oh, thank you. Yes. And anybody else who wants to share their story or just wants to be heard, yeah. please, please go to the real meaning of humanity podcast.com and email us. Like, we yeah. will read it. Like, we will respond to you. We love. We can have the constant communication. Like, that's <laughs> that's what we want. It's not just like, oh, share this profound thing. Like, even if you're struggling, whatever it is, like, this is supposed to be a community, even though it is a small little community, Mm -hmm. it's a community. Exactly. About being real as (laughs) F. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Okay. Woo. All right. right. Now getting back to the episode. Now to the episode part four. The power (laughs) in owning your story. Owning your story. Yes, this is the, I feel like... Out of all the episodes, this is, like, the most important one. Yeah. This is the one that I've been waiting for. Yes. (laughs) So it's, like, this weight that's been on your chest can just, like, fall off. Okay. So where we left off in the last episode is Alexis decided to leave the church. Um, So, Alexis, do you want to continue there? Yes. I decided to leave the church because I realized that this was in June – um, I realized that I was a part of a system that was comfortable with no accountability whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So I had that encounter with Jesus on that Wednesday night and I left and removed myself from everything. And that was it. And I guess this was the, I would say this was the first time in my life where <laughs> I honestly did not know what was going to happen next. Like, I had no plans. I didn't, like, this wasn't, like, a planned thing for me to leave. Like, Mm -hmm. I had an encounter with Jesus, and Jesus literally told me to grab his hand and walk out. Right. Well, this, well, the crazy thing about that, too, is, like, it wasn't just you not knowing about your church. Mm -hmm. It was a lot of other things in your life, too. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? There was a lot of uncertainty about a lot of things in your life, like, almost everything. And you were like, whoa, what in the world? Yeah. Exactly. <clears throat> so, as the summer continued on in June, and um, I found a good church pretty fast. I think it was definitely the Lord, and it was an amazing church, amazing church. I still go there today. But um, X um, was still contacting me throughout June. Um, he went to um, back to his hometown where he usually does this camp there, and um, it was brought to my attention and confirmed that he was with G this whole time, um, which I already knew that, and that's one of the reasons why I left, and so it just confirmed everything, and he comes back from his hometown, and he's still contacting me, Mm -hmm. still trying to talk to me, like, why did you leave? Like, please come back, all this stuff. And I've never replied to him. He ends up showing up at, showing up at my apartment again, mm-hmm. knocking on my door, um, wanting me to answer, wanting to apologize or, you know, the same thing. Right. And... I answered it. I opened my door because I'm like, 
you can't show up here. Mm-hmm. You need to stop. This needs to stop. Right. Um, and he's telling me, no, I, I really did break up with her. And I was like, no, I know that you've been with her this whole time. Like, you never even broke up with her when you got exposed to the church, when all that got, was brought to our oversight's attention. Like, you still chose to manipulate and twist, and and you use that opportunity to your advantage. Right. And um, and he's, he was still trying to convince me. I wanted him to leave, but he was holding me there. Like, you would not let me go back inside. Mm-hmm. And he kept explaining how, like, the conference that we met each other at two years ago, um, that was happening again at the church that I was part of. So it was reminding him of a lot of things. Yeah. And he couldn't really let go of it. And he was telling me how he really did it this time. Um, How he told her, I really can never get over Alexis and all this stuff and I'll be honest like during this whole time I knew it was bullshit right like 98% of me knew Mm -hmm. that he was still with her but that 2% of me was like but what if I still was hoping for redemption Uh, that part of me was still inside and, um, so we talked like a long time and then eventually he came inside and he stayed that the night, that whole weekend, mm-hmm. Friday through Sunday, the week before the event. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I knew after it, and I remember that whole weekend I was pleading with him <clears throat> I was pleading with him, saying, like, I don't want to go and I don't want to be with you. I want you to be single. Yeah. Like, you need to be single, especially when you're going to about to start this internship in August. And, like, I was pleading with him. I was crying out to him. I was telling him, like, X, please, 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 just listen to me. After that, you didn't talk to him? After that weekend... After that weekend, he didn't call me or text me because he said after that weekend, he was like, you're right. I'm going to be single. I'm going to I'm going to work on myself and we'll be together in the end. And then I didn't hear from him. Yeah. But I didn't want to be waiting around. Right. Like, I never want to wait around, especially for him. I've well, been waiting forever. I was saying you have been waiting, and 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 he still hasn't taken the opportunity to get his shit together. Yeah, exactly. So hadn't heard from him. Then he, I messaged G. Mm-hmm. That's right, because you just wanted some answers, and you wanted her to have some answers because you felt like both of y'all were just being lied to. And then the only source that you guys could truly figure out what was happening were, I mean, was each other. Yeah. Because you couldn't trust him. Exactly. Because X kept lying and cheating exactly. and manipulating. Yeah. You were like, because nothing about this makes sense. So I need something to make sense. So maybe she can give me some answers and I can give her some answers. Maybe she's feeling the same way. 
Yeah, but she didn't respond after I DM'd her over Instagram because, which is fine. I mean, it makes sense and I respect it. I made sure that my message to her was very um, genuine and not condescending. Like, it really did come from the heart and I checked my heart before it. Right. But I even knew that I would get my answer. I wasn't expecting a response, honestly. I knew I would get my answer by her not responding in general if they were still together or not because he was telling me that whole weekend that, they were not together. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so never got a response. A couple weeks later, found out that they were in Florida together or at Florida um, for her birthday, for her family vacation and celebrating. Yeah. And I was like, okay, there, there it is. Yeah. More evidence that... Yeah. <laughs> and that's why I didn't get my response. Got it. <laughs> exactly. Like, more evidence that he still is continuing in this cycle Mm -hmm. and then um july ends we go through august more information comes to me Mm -hmm. that they just celebrated their one year and i'm like okay i'm still gonna continue living my life moving on and healing yeah and then august the end of august comes is it was like on a sunday right before september so basically the last day of August, I right. think, mm-hmm. um, or towards the end. And I was having the best day that day, but I remember feeling weird all day, like something was about to happen. It was my feelings, you know, mm-hmm. that instinct kicking in. And then the night comes and my phone's blowing up and I see that it's X calling me and then I hear a knock at the door and <laughs> and I'm like, and he's texting me like, please, please answer. I finally did it this time. But then I texted him. I'm like, if you don't leave, I'm going to call the police. Like now I'm setting these boundaries. Now I'm realizing we're like, I don't want to keep doing this cycle. Like I truly, truly do not want to do this cycle anymore. Yeah. And he did leave. He did respect that boundary, (laughs) that boundary. Yeah. (laughs) And, um, he left, but he was still calling me, still texting me. And then when I wasn't answering, he sent screenshots of her family texting him saying, oh, I'm so sorry, man. I heard about the news that y'all broke up, like giving me proof that they actually did it this time right. or that he actually did it. And then screenshots of him and her, like her response to the, oh my gosh, to the breakup. And just to clarify, they didn't break over break up over text he broke up with her in person and then came straight to my apartment Mm -hmm. thinking that maybe it would be romantic or something (laughs) but it's not romantic um and then she did a response I guess so I finally answered and I was like I don't want to be seen that shit like I don't want to see texts between you and her I don't want to see texts between you and like her family yeah I don't want to see that and um, he was like I'm sorry I'm, I'm ready to tell you the truth now like I'm ready to just start my healing and I'm ready to be you know I heard your plea that weekend of July how you just need me to be single and um, I need to work on myself like I heard it I finally did it but then I'm like in my head well, you didn't, you just did it when it was convenient for you after the vacation, after the one year, after her birthday. Yeah. And then as soon as the internship was getting serious, because he had just started. And so 
I was like, I need some time. I don't, I don't want to be with you. And he was like, I'll give you some time, but like, I know it's going to be us in the end. I I just want to prove it to you. I want to prove to you that I'm ready to work on myself, that I'm ready for us to be in. Like, I just know that it's you. I know that it's always, always been you, the same thing. And I'm like, but your word doesn't have, your word does not hold a lot of weight because you've said all these same things before in the past and you are still doing it. Mm -hmm. So now that you're quote unquote, not doing it anymore, but you're still saying the same words, it doesn't hold any meaning or value to me. Yeah. And so like a week or so goes by, we ended up talking in person. He's like, I'm ready to tell you the whole truth. And (laughs) Sorry, it's just kind of funny, but um, I already knew the truth. Right. Like, I, I knew the truth because I had to find out all of it on my own mm-hmm. because God kept revealing it to me. Yeah. And um, and then so we were working on things. This is in September. We started having a lot more conversations. Um, he wanted to, he kept saying, I want to show you proof. Here's proof. Like, I want to show you that I'm changing, like all these things. But then I, I keep saying, you need to be single for your internship. We can have conversations. We can like, and when I say work on things, have conversations, I mean, like, we need to talk about this like a lot. We need to get to the deeper root. Like you don't go through something like that and just not have a conversation. Right. Like, that's not how I am. And here's the thing though, too, is like. Maybe, yes. Okay, not maybe. <laughs> yes. X made some really bad decisions. He did. Yes. But X is also a human being who's dealing with a lot of shit that may, or that not makes, um, influences his decision making. Absolutely. Like, and so I don't know. It's real. <laughs> not that I'm saying, like, yes, he should be held accountable, but I'm saying. When, especially you, seeing someone struggle so much, like, it's hard to just be like, you fucking suck. It's just like, man, you're going through, you're going through a lot. And like, I and saw you can't it. handle it. You're like, you're drowning. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, and that's the thing. Like, I even said this today to one of my friends. Um, there's a difference between, like, you can still have grace for somebody, but grace doesn't remove accountability. Yeah. Grace, there's still accountability within Mm -hmm. grace and compassion. That's good. Like, that's why I wouldn't let things go. I wouldn't, like, I would let things go to an extent, Mm -hmm. but I wouldn't, like, no, we're talking about this. Yeah, it wasn't just like a clean slate. Yeah, it was never a clean slate. It was always questions. I would always have questions. We would always be having conversations. Like, I wouldn't just skim by this. Yeah. I was never that person. You weren't just like, oh, welcome back here. Yeah, I was never like, oh, Jesus' blood covers it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yes, of course, Jesus' blood covers it, but... I wasn't going to give that kind of Christian answer. <laughs> but you're still doing it. So, yeah. so like, like, that's... No. Yeah. So... <laughs> I didn't want to do that, and so... <laughs> We were hanging out for a bit. We were talking and we were working on things because he wanted to prove it to me. And then I, I wanted to believe in him and I wanted to give him that chance because I've always wanted the best for him. I always wanted to believe that, okay, maybe this time, you know? And so, um, but the end of September comes and 
he's just like, okay, maybe you're right. I need to be single. <laughs> like, I truly, truly need to be single. And I was like, well, yeah, that's what I've been saying these past few weeks. <laughs> yeah. But now all of a sudden you want, that's interesting to me. Yeah. And I was like, he was like, but like, I'll be single this whole internship. And then at the end of my internship in December, we can be together again. And I was like, no, I'm not going to promise you that. I don't want, I might not want that because I don't want to hope for something that I've never even seen change to begin with. Right. So then all of a sudden, okay, he was like, okay, well then maybe you're right. Maybe it won't be us or maybe it won't. And he kept going back and forth with it. I'm like, but it was just very, a confusing conversation. But then he gave me his hoodie that's a very sentimental hoodie. I'm not going to get into it out of respect um, for him, but it's a very meaningful hoodie. And it's always been my favorite. It's always been his favorite. And it has a story behind it, all these things. So he gave it to me. And he was like, this is, well, he was like, that hoodie is our promise that it's going to be you and me. And I'm like, no, this isn't a movie. No. Yeah. But he just wouldn't let it go. And then that's how we ended it at the end of September. And I, not even two weeks later, I heard that he was talking or dating or whatever the kids call it these days. And, but he's talking and or dating this girl that is a part of the internship. Yeah. And at first, like, when I heard about that, when that information was relayed to me, I wasn't surprised because, well, I knew, like, if we were ending it, he was either going to go back to G or just pick up a new girl at the church or in the internship. But when I found out who it was, it was the daughter of a very well-known person that is a part of this church, and she used to be our student. She had just graduated out of our student ministry, and so it was very hurtful and disappointing It was disappointing in the way because he's just continuing the cycle. Yeah. Like he's not actually doing what his pain is crying out for him to do. Mm -hmm. So it was just disappointing. And then it was hurtful. Why? Crystal. I mean, you can. I mean, it's up to you. How? Um, it was hurtful because the background of this girl was similar to G mm-hmm. in ways of like on picture the outs- perfect. Yes, on the outside, it's very picture perfect. The family's well off, mm-hmm. and. He already had the stamp of approval from the pastors that were over us. And now he's getting the stamp of approval from there. 
and then I was also heartbroken for the girl but then at the same time I was like this isn't me like I'm I didn't have a well-off family Mm -hmm. I did come from a broken family Mm -hmm. um I have worked for everything yeah. <laughs> that I have right now. Mm-hmm. And I um, was taught at a very young age how to become independent mm-hmm. and not rely. Um, and so it's different because he used to say to me, you are way different from all the girls I've ever dated or or used to and like it felt like a compliment and I know he meant it as such yeah but in a way he made me feel ashamed for where I came from Mm -hmm. and I'm proud of where I came from right I'm proud of my dad for how he raised us and how he was so strong in the midst of everything that was going on in our childhood. I'm glad that my dad told me every day who I was. Mm -hmm. Like, my dad was a good dad. Yeah. And even though we didn't come from a picture-perfect family or a perfect Christian family or we didn't have that much money, he made me feel wrong by it. And I... And maybe, like, that's me. That's more of my insecurity at that time. Right. But I'm proud of where I came from, and I'm glad that I work for everything that I have. I'm glad that my whole life, my childhood, everything that I've been through has molded me mm-hmm. into, per- into the person that I am today. And I'm glad that I'm independent woman and that I know how to get the things that I want when I want it. Right. <laughs> In my own power. Yeah. Like, I'm. that's one of the things that I love so much about who I am. Mm-hmm. Because I'm capable of that right. whenever I want something. And so, and it just hurt because I'm, and then I'm also like, there was a part of me that wanted to believe in him and be like, okay, maybe, 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 maybe. this time. Yes, this will be the kick in the ass. But then more information just keeps coming to me. And it's not like. It's not like I'm asking for it. Right. And it's so weird. I even asked God, I was like, why? Like, why do I still hear about him? Why does information still come to me? Right. But I really think God wanted me to see him. Mm-hmm. God wanted me to know. And especially when a man is, or a boy. <laughs> okay. When a man is making promises to a woman, mm-hmm. to God's daughter. Mm-hmm. Even though hum, human beings aren't holding him accountable, God is holding him accountable by showing me what he's really doing. Right. Ooh. And God God told me that. And I was like, wow, that makes a lot of sense. Right. Like, you wanted me to see. You mm-hmm. really wanted me to see. And that's the thing, like, what I've learned throughout this whole process is, like, God wants us to see. God wants to give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and for us not to be blind anymore. Mm-hmm. If we just ask him, he will let us know. He will show us truth. He will reveal truth to us. Mm-hmm. And God was revealing truth to me this whole time slowly whenever the time was um, at the right time. Because I'll be honest, going back to part two or even part three, 
when I found out that he was cheating on me the whole time in April, Mm -hmm. if I would have found that out in December or November, whenever I was depressed and wanted to commit suicide, it would have taken me out. Right. So the fact that it was revealed to me in April Mm -hmm. and it didn't take me out, I didn't, the thought of even killing myself wasn't even a thought anymore when I heard about it. Like that was God protecting me. That was God saving me. Like that was God's hands on my life in throughout this whole story. That was God being with me through this pain, revealing things to me in the right time Mm -hmm. because I wouldn't have been able to handle all of it in most of the times that I was going through healing and really getting down to my depression. Right. So I was really thankful. Like, yeah, this hurts. Like this really hurts that he's still choosing to use this opportunity instead of choosing himself. He's choosing validation. Mm -hmm. And for a girl to like, he really just wants to be seen. Mm -hmm. Like he's choosing that. And that's fine. Right. He has every right to choose that. That's free will. And I, I've accepted it. Yeah. But I think even, and even going back, and this is now my perspective. Now I'm sharing my perspective, guys. Like, going back to July of 2021, this past summer, why, why did you let him in? Why did you let him sleep over that whole weekend? Because, guys, the whole time I kept, the reason why I kept allowing him back into my life is because I was seeking redemption for my childhood. I was seeking redemption for my mom through him. Mm -hmm. I was a girl who just wanted to be loved. Yep. Who just wanted to be held. Who just wanted to be seen. Who wanted someone to look at me and be like, yes, I want to love her so much where I want to change for her. Yeah. Or I want to stop my destructive behavior for her. Yeah. Chosen. I wanted to be chosen. Mm-hmm. I was seeking for redemption. Yep. For my childhood. Damn. And that's why I was allowing him back. And I, each time I allowed him back, I kept learning deeper and more things about who I am mm-hmm. and why I do the things that I do. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it was very, even going back to him each time, it was very hurtful, but it was also in a weird way, in a, it was actually very healing for me. I'm just thinking about this right now. Like I, I'm literally thinking about, and I don't know, hold on. Okay. So the reason why this story is so important, I mean, I feel like it's so important for so many reasons. Like, I feel like there's so many tangents that we can go on in this story. But I feel like the most important part of this story is the fact that if you were to look at who Alexis was before she made, before she met X mm-hmm. and Alexis now, like, those are two completely different people. Yeah. They really are. I mean, the basis is the same, but like, I don't know, like the viewpoints, the maturity, like, just the awareness, you yeah. know, of herself and everybody else, like, that's day and night. Like, it is it is genuinely day and night. And honestly, like, I know that you were talking about, like, 
you're proud of your childhood. You had to work for everything. Like, I feel like your childhood instilled, like, grit in you and perseverance. And, like, I feel like that right there helped you throughout the last two years of your life that were the hardest two years of your whole life. You know what I mean? Like, but you had to go through all those trenches and through this story in order to become who you are right now. Exactly. And then I'm, and I'm like, okay, I thought my redemption, and I was having long conversations about this, even these past few months to God, I was like, well, I thought you were going to redeem this. I thought this was my redemption, God, by you redeeming this relationship. Mm -hmm. I thought this was my redemption by you, like, changing him. I thought I was going to get breakthrough by him getting breakthrough. Right. (laughs) It's me being dependent on someone else's life or someone else's breakthrough by my closeness or by my healing. Mm -hmm. My breakthrough is not dependent on his breakthrough. Right. I can still have breakthrough Mm -hmm. and I can still have redemption without him. Yeah. I can still have healing without him. Mm -hmm. My own story, my own journey, my own path is me. It all comes back to self. Yeah. And I realize like, my life is redeeming who I am, what I've become, what this pain has molded me (laughs) into is so redeeming. I have a new heart now. I'm the miracle. (laughs) Exactly. My life is the miracle. I should not be here right now. I should be dead. And the fact that I'm not dead or that I didn't succeed in killing myself or that I'm still here and that my childhood didn't kill me. Mm-hmm. That is a miracle. I am the miracle. God has set a miracle through my life, through my story. Mm-hmm. And the fact that I'm even speaking like this and like <laughs> the, the people who have been so supportive and have given me responses about my story and like their perspective of it and how they they don't think it's ugly like yes they think it's messy of course duh it's messy it's gonna be messy but what they say each time to the people that i've talked to this story is beautiful and if i would have heard that six months ago that this story is beautiful i'd be like what 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 story are you listening to because it's not my story But it is beautiful. Mm -hmm. I think it's so beautiful. And that's the thing. Nobody in my story, not the pastors that were over us, um, him, the girl he cheated on me with, they are not the villains. There are no villains in my story. My mom's not a villain in my story. Mm -hmm. My childhood's not a villain. This is humanity, guys. They're all humans dealing with their own shit. (laughs) Yes. Like, there are no sides. No. There are no villains. These are people who have their own stories, who have their own pain, who have their own wounds. And sometimes, since they don't know what they are or what they're reacting to, out of Mm -hmm. it causes into destructive behavior and then you're hurting all the people around you and then you don't even know that it's destructive behavior because you're not self-aware of what's really going on in your heart that pain that you're feeling that's actually a pain trying to tell you something Mm -hmm. that doesn't lead you that like obviously pain emotion those feelings it can get you aware but it doesn't make you like who you are like God is also very emotional and Jesus was very emotional but it his he wasn't led by his emotions but he did allow his emotions to tell him things about Mm -hmm. himself that's the point yeah exactly and so that's what I've learned and 
I see him and I see this little boy who wanted to be loved, who wanted to believe that he was good but didn't know how. Mm-hmm. And I saw him crying out. And I think that's what I noticed that first time. And I think that's why we kept going back to each other is because what if our inner selves were crying out to be healed? That's why we kept going back. That's why we couldn't let each other go. Because what we truly wanted was healing. The little boy, the little girl Mm -hmm. to be healed. Our childhood. Our hearts were crying to be known. He is crying to be known. Mm -hmm. To be loved. We were healing for each other. And in part, he was healing for me. Oh, absolutely. He cried out to me that night that I first saw him. Going back to part one, when I first saw him. I didn't know it at the time. But looking back, that's what was so familiar to me. It was his pain. Mm. It was his loneliness. It was the burdens he was carrying because I was carrying them too. Mm. We were a mirror. We were similar. We were doing the same thing. We were the same person. Yeah. (laughs) But in the end, I wasn't the girl who had the magical touch to turn a beast into a prince. Yeah. You are supposed to love both. That's what it that's what they teach us. You're supposed to love both. Mm -hmm. But I don't choose that. Yeah. I can't choose that. I can't choose that for future Alexis. Mm -hmm. I don't choose that for my future daughter. And I don't choose that for my future son. Right. And even though I wanted this for him and I kept letting him go, hoping that he would find himself, hoping that he would choose him, hoping that he would be with himself and really truly see the way Jesus sees him. And we were talking about the other day, like you even said this, you were like, I know you've been hoping for Jesus to grab his face just like he grabbed you in that church that night. Mm -hmm. And I have. I've been hoping that this whole time, even if he didn't come back to me. Yeah. Even if I was willing to let him go, even if I would have never ended up with him Mm -hmm. or I would have, I would have never been with him again. Mm -hmm. I was willing to let him go because I wanted him to find healing for himself. Yeah. But he's choosing this cycle and sometimes the pain, like it's scary to encounter. Mm Mm-hmm. It's scary to really get down to your childhood pain. Like, it's scary for me. I mean, still to this day, it's still scary. But I do it. I have to do it. Mm -hmm. Because the pain of remaining the same is much greater than the pain of evolving to who you are meant to become. Like, that's what pain can do. Yeah. Like, this pain saved my life. Yeah. (laughs) This pain saved my legacy. Mm -hmm. This pain molded me and spring me forward into who I thought I would never become but always wished I would become and I feel like I'm that girl now I feel like I'm that woman now right like I see myself as a woman not just a girl anymore Mm -hmm. and so but sometimes you can't save people from themselves and they have to learn on their own and I think I learned that from him and 
I mean, here's the thing too, though. Like, I feel like based on a lot of the things that you've just recently said, like the truth is there, but you have to be willing to seek it. You have to be willing to see the truth. Cause I feel like a lot of times it's easier, like in his case, like it's easier to just kind of pretend like it's not there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you have to actually be willing to dive into that pain to open that door. Like, you know, it's there, you know, it's there, Yeah. but you have to be willing to acknowledge that it's there and to start dealing with it. And I feel like that's kind of where he lacked. Like, I know that he knows it's there. I know that y'all have had conversations, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but being willing to acknowledge it is the biggest is one is the biggest part. Well, yeah. When we acknowledge our reality, that's when healing can come. Yeah, absolutely. Being honest about what you have been through, what you have experienced, is the most healing thing you can ever do. Mm-hmm. And when we accept it and own our part, like, I'll be honest, like, and this is me owning my part, mm-hmm. right? Yep. He, yes, he did what he did. Mm-hmm. Okay. He's not a shitty person. No. He's not a piece of shit. He just did a, a lot of really shitty things. Mm-hmm. But I am held accountable for my character, no matter what anybody does to me. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. I said a lot of, even though he did shitty things to me, I said a lot of shitty things to him. Yeah. Like and we talked not- about earlier about your sharp tongue. Yeah. <laughs> I should have never said the things that I said to him. Mm-hmm. I should have never bullied him with my words, no matter what he was doing to me or no matter how manipulative or how many lies he gave me. Mm -hmm. I should have never bullied you with my words. And I'm sorry that I did that. And I guess I've always wanted us to come to terms with what we did in owning our part in it because we co-created this relationship. We co-created this whole atmosphere. Mm -hmm. Like I played a part in it. He played a part in it. And even though we, we did love each other in a way and maybe not in a way of like people would agree with, Mm -hmm. we just didn't know how to love each other in the way that we wanted to. Mm -hmm. In the way that we desired to, because nobody taught us, and it is all just a learning process. Right. And both of us didn't see good marriages growing up. We didn't. Yeah. And so, but I, I, I've always, ha- I, yeah, I've always wanted to say to him that I'm sorry I bullied you with my words. Right. At this point, like, with everything, like that has happened <laughs> over the last three episodes and even this one, like how would you say like you're feeling towards him or the whole situation? Like, would you say that you forgive him? Oh, if that's the right word. (laughs) So it took me a long time to, to, um, even think about forgiveness toward, towards him. Mm-hmm. 
but then but then I realized that somebody's pain somebody's destructive behavior has nothing to do with your worth Mm -hmm. it actually has nothing to do with the character you uphold within yourself or the value that you have and that this destructive pain is coming from him and him alone Mm -hmm. and so when I realized that everything he did it wasn't because I wasn't good enough it wasn't because I wasn't worthy Mm -hmm. or beautiful enough or whatever Um, it was because he didn't feel enough he didn't feel worthy. He didn't see what how Jesus looked at him. Mm-hmm. He didn't see how much he was loved and he didn't he has felt powerless his whole life. And I think that's when I realized like I have a love for him in a way of like I understand you now. I can look at you and I understand you. And so I forgive you. And that doesn't mean like sometimes when it's, when I feel like I've relived it because this has like me expressing this whole story and me saying this whole story, like I've been reliving all the emotions. Yeah. And so in me and forgiving him, that doesn't mean that anger doesn't still come up. Yeah. Or that pain doesn't still come up when I think about it or that sometimes when I think about it, um, I don't get sad. Like there's still sadness and pain there and, um, or sometimes even anger when I have to rethink about it, but I don't weaponize my anger anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't weaponize my pain or I let God actually come in and give me more perspective, more things to like speak over it with because it matters to God. I remember every time I would be crying in my closet or in my car or crying to God about him. He would always validate me and say, no, this matters. It matters. What you and him had, it mattered. The mm-hmm. pain that he did, what he, the destructive behavior, what he did to you, it matters. It's real. That mm-hmm. pain's real. And so, yeah, I forgive him. Yeah. Forgive him. <laughs> now I feel like um, we've heard this word a lot <laughs> throughout the story. Um, redemption. Mm. We've heard this. We even in this episode a lot about redemption. After everything, after all the enlightenment, all the, after everything that you've learned about yourself, about the whole situation. Um, how would you say you feel now about that? Like. Do you still hope for that redemption? (laughs) Like, and honestly, honestly. Not what you think people want to hear, but genuinely. Krista keeps me honest, guys. Yeah. (laughs) Um... I'll say this. (laughs) (laughs) 
have never felt so many emotions for one human being in my entire life. Yeah. I have luck I have been crazy about him. I have liked him. I have loved him. I have hated him. <laughs> I have been in such despair and sorrow about him. I have grieved him. There's a love still there. Like I have a love. Mm-hmm. But I'm not in love with him anymore. Right. And I feel like the tragedy of this is like I know him better than anybody and he knows this. And he knows me. Yeah. You know, it's not just me about him. Like he knows me. And the fact that it has turned into this, it's sad. Yes, I'm still it makes me sad. Of course. Because I still do have to grieve that redemption part mm-hmm. because I wanted it for so long. Mm-hmm. I don't, and that's the thing, I don't want to limit God and say, oh, he can't redeem that because in my head, I want to say, in my head, okay? Yeah. Right? Logic wants me to say, oh, it's way too fucking damaged. There's no way ever. Like, it's dead. Mm-hmm. Like, it's dead. Yeah. It's completely dead. Me and him, the thought of it, everything. But I don't want to limit God to, like, okay, if he wants to redeem this, he can. But then I don't want it to, yeah. in a way. Like, I, there's a big part of me that doesn't want it to. I really don't. But um, I'll just say this, like, I have given God my life into where, like, if he wants to redeem something, he can. But I know that I'm not going to feel pressured, and I know that God wants me to feel safe no matter what. Mm. But I don't feel safe with him anymore. Like, I don't feel safe with X. I just don't. Yeah. And so, I mean, does that answer your question? Sure. I mean, yeah, it really does. Like, it's basically saying, like, like, I don't want to say yes, and then I also don't want to say no because you never know. I'm being held accountable on this podcast for my word. Right. <laughs> and I take words um, at a high value and mm-hmm. honor. And so I'll just say, like, that's up to God. Whatever happens in life happens. Yes. There you go. I am always going to care for him. Mm-hmm. There will always be a part of me. That will always believe in him. Yeah. I want redemption for him. I want healing for him. I want him to know himself. He's like that. (laughs) He's like that character in a movie or in a story. The character that you hate but that you're secretly rooting for. Mm -hmm. Like, I, he's kind of like Joe from you or Damon <laughs> <laughs> from Vampire Diaries, which I just realized I just compared him to psychopaths. But, like, he's not as... 
he's not a psychopath. He's not a psychopath, but he's that character that like you you're just like what the what are you doing? Yeah. But then like you're secretly like no, there's good parts about you. There's so many good redeeming beautiful parts of you. But your choices suck ass. Yes. <laughs> so it's just kind of like, I'm rooting for you. I'm rooting for you. I'm rooting for you. Like, I believe in you. Mm-hmm. But believing in him and rooting for him in the way that I was this whole, like, past two years was, it was hurting me. Mm-hmm. It was killing me. Yeah. But I know that, like, where I'm at now, I'm still going to root for him. I still believe in him. I I still believe that he can be that man that I saw, but it's not for me anymore. Right. I want it to be for himself. Like, you know? Yeah. You're like, I've experienced this healing and this connection to myself. Like, you're just saying that this person that you once loved so freaking much, you just want the same thing for him. Yeah. You want him to be connected and him to have that healing and him to have that freedom. Mm -hmm. That makes total sense. And I think that's why it's so disappointing going back to what he's doing now. It didn't hurt that he was with or that he is with this person. Mm -hmm. It hurts me that he's continuing in a cycle. But I'm also, I I know that I deserve a healthy relationship. Mm -hmm. And I deserve a man who holds, like, who holds value and honor and integrity and telling the truth and being loyal. Yeah. I deserve that. Right. And so that's not him right now. That's not. Exactly. Yes, that answers my question. Okay. (sighs) Man. Good. <laughs> Krista getting goosebumps over getting here. Getting goosebumps. Okay. Um. So, I'm sorry about this. Okay. okay. Um. But <laughs> you're like, okay, Krista, just oh get God. What is to it? it? Um. So you know, there's like another person throughout this whole story. <laughs> That's not just you and X, you know? Right, uh-huh. So I know, like, in the other episodes, we have, or in another episode, we had talked about, like, your compassion for G. Mm. Okay, so I'm talking about G, okay? Um, We've talked about the compassion you had for her and all that stuff, like... Yeah, the dream that I had, yeah. The dream, like, and, and for so many people, I feel like they're probably, like... Oh, why do you have compassion for her? Like, mm-hmm. what? <laughs> but, I mean, I don't know. Like, I'm just genuinely wondering, like, what would you say to her? Like, you've tried to reach out, like, so many times. Mm-hmm. Like, kind of like a why? Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> but why? But, like, why? <laughs> and, like, I don't know. Like, what would you want to say to her, like, if you actually did get to talk to her oh god um like if she were listening to this oh yeah, yeah uh, okay there you go. oh Perfect. god i highly doubt she is but um i guess i would say to her <laughs> you're so funny krista um 
I would say to her that you're not my enemy. You've never been my enemy. And you're not the villain in my story. That filter, that um, what he tried to paint you as. I just want to say that you deserved better. Mm-hmm. And I know that this was your first experience in a relationship. And I'm sorry for the pain that you went through because I know that's real. And I know you loved him. And I know you believed in him. Trust me, I know that better than anybody. <laughs> and I understand. I understand why you wanted him to change, why you kept holding on. Um, why you reacted in the way that you did. It makes sense to me. I, I don't think you're crazy. I don't think you're this obsessive person. And I'm sorry for the part that I played in your pain. Because I was... The only time I was pretty sure that he was with you was in July. And, but I still chose to do what I did. Yeah. And I want to so, say that I'm sorry for the part that I played. It was wrong. And I want to say that you deserve better. You do. So do I. So Mm -hmm. is he. Yeah. We all deserved better than what had happened. Yeah. I mean, I kind of want (laughs) to, I don't know, I kind of want to touch on that because you mentioned like, you're not crazy, like, gee, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but we've also heard you being painted as crazy. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not going to lie, I thought X was crazy as shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, I painted him as crazy. Yeah. But I don't think that we realize what we're saying when we call somebody crazy. Yes. Yeah. Oh, you preach it, Chris. Oh. Go ahead, go ahead. I mean, because when we call people crazy, we're basically saying that they don't understand their feelings or their emotions. Yeah. We're telling people that, like, their concerns or their issues are secondary to somebody else's comfort. Yep. Yep. I mean, and when you're painting people as crazy, you're pretty much absolving the other person from having to take responsibility for how they've actually made that person feel. Exactly. You are not owning your part of your story. Exactly. That's it. And that is still making you a victim mm-hmm. in this when you're not a victim. Yeah. Like you played a part. And yes, there are stories, there are moments, especially in severe ones. Like I'm not saying this is for everybody. You know, choose your truth. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you guys get, get aware. But there are some stories that, like, yes, this happened to you. Like, this should have never happened to you. You had no fault in it. But, like, in this, what I'm talking about in this mm-hmm. is that nobody was a victim here. Yeah. No. And we all played a part. But if we are not owning our story and realizing what we are reacting out of, we won't understand why we are doing the things that we are doing. We have to rather acknowledge our reality and to not deny our story and rather get connected to our story. 
because that's the point of this episode is getting connected to yourself, getting connected to your story and feeling empowered by that, that you're not a victim to what happened to you, that you can actually come out of this feeling empowered, that you don't have to stay in this powerless mindset because that's not going to help you. That brings shame, that brings isolation, that brings all these things that aren't serving you. Mm -hmm. Like painting someone as a crazy or painting someone as the villain, is that serving you? Mm-mm. Is that serving you? Ask yourself that. It's not. Mm-hmm. You are giving your power away. Yeah, that's the easy way out. Take your power back and own your story. And you get to choose, oh, I don't have to be like this anymore. Mm-hmm. I can choose no. I can choose no to my generational curse. I can choose no to this path or to the cycle that I'm creating or that I've been in for years and years. I'm choosing. I'm stepping out of it right now. Yeah. Like you can do that. You are powerful enough. You are capable and capable enough. God gave us the power and the authority. Mm-hmm. So we can partner with him in that. So he can help us. So he can give us tools. So he can be there. Like take your power back. I feel like that was a lot of what this is. Yes. Like, that's a beautiful representation of kind of, like, what this whole story is, is taking your power back. Yes, exactly. Look at you go, girl. Oh, first I want to say this. This is so sweet. I set this in my journal. <laughs> like, in 2020, though, whenever my healing journey started. Um, and I wanted to share this with you, and then we'll go into prayer. I said, I was writing to God, and I said, I don't regret it. I usually do regret relationships every time I get deeply hurt, but I don't regret this one. Mm. I don't regret meeting him or what we had. I don't regret falling in love with him because I'm actually falling in love with myself, and I'm falling in love with who I'm becoming. It's a funny thing, huh? Maybe that means I'm growing. Mm. Isn't that so cute? Yeah, look at you. I know. I think I was like, wow, even then. Okay. I'm so proud of myself. (laughs) I'm so so proud. Um, Okay. So I want y'all, if you're driving, either stop or... Don't close your eyes. Yeah, don't close your eyes. Just Um, don't. But anywhere you're at, take a moment. And... I want you to put your hand on your heart or on your tummy or just get any way that you need to get in tune with yourself and get connected to your pain or whatever is going on inside you. And then I'm going to pray this prayer. And if you feel the need to, um, I just want to extend the invitation of like, I would like you to repeat it after me because this is actually a prayer that you pray over yourself that you speak it into existence, that you speak it out loud over your body mm-hmm. because there's power in that. And I want to give you a voice. So if you want to repeat after me, that would be great. That's always an opening for that. <laughs> okay. So I want you to put your hand on your heart. Krista, you do it too. Yes, ma'am. You don't have to repeat yourself though. Okay. Because, yeah. you know, podcast talk. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I want you to take a couple of deep breaths and you can pause it if you need to take a few deep breaths, but I'm going to go ahead and go into it. Heart, I am so sorry that you experienced this pain. I am so sorry that you experienced this betrayal. 
I am so sorry that the person you chose to give your heart to, to give your body to, chose to want to spend the rest of your life with, became so selfish, so immense in his own pain, in his own destructive behavior, that you're just a bystander that got hit and brought into his own mess. Heart, I am so sorry that this boy wasn't capable of loving you well. Heart, I am so sorry that he did not steward you well. I am sorry that I abandoned you in ways that allowed this to keep going. Heart, you are not bad for loving him. You are not bad for having compassion and love towards him. You are not bad for giving him so many chances, hoping that your love for him would be enough. Heart, you are not bad for believing in him. You are not bad for having sex with him. I am so sorry for the lonely nights that you have spent tormented that all you could picture and all you could think about was him and her and the massive betrayal that seeps into the deepest part of you. I am so sorry that you have felt alone in this. But I want you to know, heart, I'm here. Heart, Jesus is here. This will not and is not the end of your story. This pain will not be wasted. The conversations you have had, the places where you have reached out will not be wasted. Heart, all of it matters. You matter. This matters. Everything matters. It happened for a reason. And we will see that one day. Heart, I give you permission to hope again. I give you permission to dream again. I give you permission to have childlike wonder again. I give you permission to have faith again in humanity. Have faith in yourself and have faith in Jesus again. Heart, this season is not going to last forever. You are not going to feel this pain, this massive betrayal forever. You will not feel the sting of this forever. Heart, you will see the fruits from this season. Your needs are going to get met. Your, desire, your desires are going to get met. You will feel joy again. You will be happy again. Heart, you are going to help so many people get healing and freedom. Heart, your voice matters. Heart, your story matters. Your story has value. Precious girl, son, you are brave. You are so immensely and abundantly strong. You are courageous. You are fearless. You are worthy. You are pure. You are set apart. You are qualified. You are beautiful. You are hand-picked. 
everything is going to be okay. I don't know when and I don't know how. But I give you permission to forgive and know that everything is going to be okay. God is moving. God is speaking. God is working for you right now. Right now. Right now. I love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I have homework for y'all. Own your story. There you go. Own it. Own it. Accept it. Acknowledge it. Get aware and own it. That's your homework. Seek your truth. Exactly. Seek God's truth in your story. Use goal eight. Yes. And I do want to say, I have laughed more these past two months than I ever have in these past two years. Mm. And I was thinking about it today. A year ago today, I was so unhappy. I was thinking about suicide. Yeah. But now I'm seeing the fruits of this season. Mm. I am seeing joy again. I'm so happy. And I like the people that God has brought into my life, the church that I go to now. And like, I actually know that like the people in my life care about me, that I'm seeing and that they love me. Mm. Like I, I, I'm honestly, truly happy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and you could tell. Yeah. You could tell. Thank you. You're welcome. But, yeah. <laughs> okay, guys. All right, do the homework. We love you. Um, I hope this story has brought, like, a lot of healing to people and just a lot of realization, and that's why I shared it. Yeah. So conversations could be had, so yeah. healing could come and freedom can come, and you can feel powerful again, that you don't have to feel like a victim anymore. Yeah. That was the point. Exactly. And, I mean... Our podcast will continue to be us talking about things that maybe other people are too scared to talk about. So we're going to be opening those doors. Exactly. And oh my gosh, I cannot wait for everything that we have planned on here. I oh yeah. So ex- <laughs> I am so excited that yeah. we get to do this. I know. That we are making moves and being powerful women. Mm-hmm. And it's fun. It is so much fun. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we love you guys. Yes. Bye. Bye.